the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is an encore presentation of The Bill Bunkley Show. It's official. The U.S. House of Representatives have signed off on the final tax reform package. It is now on its way to President Donald Trump for his signature, which will happen before the end of the year. It is a big day for conservatives. It's a big day. It's a big day for Republicans in the nation's capital. And uh, we have a lot to cover there. But we have two huge breaking stories right here in the Bay Area. Programming note, uh, at the bottom of the hour, we will have, live from Washington, one of our beloved congressmen, a very good friend of mine, and that is Congressman Daniel Webster is going to be joining us, and we'll be getting uh, his uh, comments on the historic day of passing tax cuts uh, for uh, what Bloomberg says may be up to 80 to 85 percent of the residents of the United States of America. That is uh, huge news. Now, before we get to that breaking news, Newswatch 8 reported just moments ago that State Senator Jack Latvala has resigned. That's right. He has offered his resignation to the Florida Senate after a report from a Senate special master found probable cause to believe that he inappropriately touched a former aide. Newswatch 8 is reporting the Republican senator from Clearwater submitted a letter of resignation to Senate President Joe Negron on Wednesday. The letter says, quote, I've had enough. If this is the process our party and Senate leadership desires, then I have no interest in continuing to serve with you. In the letter, Latvala says that he will resign his seat in the Senate at midnight January 5th, 2018. Latvala's resignation comes one day after the special master released his report finding probable cause. The report also recommended a criminal investigation into whether the senator traded his vote for sexual favors. Before his resignation, several top officials, including Governor Rick Scott, Attorney General Pam Bondi, both called on Senator Latvala to resign. He went on to write, It has been my honor to serve my constituents in the Tampa Bay area in the Florida Senate for 15 of the last 23 years. I have worked hard and tried to do what I thought was in their best interest and those of the state of Florida. I have never intentionally dishonored my family, my constituents, or the Florida Senate. In his letter of resignation, Latvala maintains his innocence, saying, Quote, the charges in the original complaint are fabrications. Unfortunately, except in one instance where there were third-party witnesses, the special master took the word of the accuser over mine on every account. Close quote from Senator Latvala. 
Latvala is uh, also in the running to become Florida's next governor. His letter of resignation did not indicate whether he will drop out of that race. I find it uh, highly doubtful that he would continue. But again, if you're just joining us, breaking news, after allegations of sexual misconduct, uh, State Senator Jack Latvala, who was a very powerful force in the Florida legislature, very effective force in the Florida Senate, uh, was head of the Senate Appropriations Committee for the coming 2018 session, someone who was a moderate for sure, uh, representing the Republican Party, someone that uh, I had a good relationship with. However, for a lot of the issues close to my heart, uh, never had uh, the support of Senator Latvala, that being a lot of the social conservative issues. But again, Senator Latvala has resigned effective January the 5th. Now we have other breaking news this afternoon. And uh, again, this is um, something that uh, I'm uh, not happy to report. It has to do with the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, Newswatch 8, breaking the story just earlier this afternoon, the Tampa Bay Rays have traded Evan Longoria to the San Francisco Giants. Newswatch 8 reports after days of rumors about the potential trade, the Rays officially announced the deal today. That trade will bring four players to Tampa Bay, outfielder Denard Spann, infielder Christian Aurora, minor league pitcher Matt Crook, and minor league pitcher Stephen Woods Jr. Evan Longoria leaves the club as the longest tenured player in the Rays franchise history. Evan was drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays back then as the third overall pick in the 2016 draft and played two years in the minors before making his Major League Baseball debut at the Trop in 2008. He's 32 years of age. He leads the Rays all-time with um, 1,435 games played, 261 home runs, 892 runs batted in, 338 doubles, 618 extra base hits, 780 runs scored, 569 walks, and 2,630 total bases. Longoria earned his third Rawlings Golden Glove Award in 2017, the last season. He became the first player in a Rays franchise history to win three times. Evan is our greatest Ray. That is the words, quoting from principal owner Stuart Sternberg, For a decade, he said, he's been at the center of all of our successes, and it is a very emotional parting for us all. I speak for the entire organization, wishing Evan and his wonderful family our absolute best. Ray center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer posted on Twitter Wednesday thanking Longoria. Kevin posted, thank you, Evan, for showing me the ropes the past four years. Dude is ready to play every day, and that is very hard to do, especially at an elite level. Uh, Some other notes that have come in to Tampa Bay Rays on their Twitter account. We salute our greatest ever. Thanks, Longo. Uh, St. Petersburg Mayor Rick Kreisman, disappointed to learn that Evan has been traded to St. Pete, had been traded. 
St. Pete will miss him. We thank him for all he has done for our community and wish him much success in San Fran. Uh, Congressman Charlie Crist, thank you, Evan. You'll always be part of the Sunshine City. The Manatee County Government, best of luck with the San Francisco Giants, Evan. Thank for all you did for the Tampa Bay area, but especially for visiting the Manatee Libraries on reading with the raised days. And um, it is a sad day indeed. Evan had one more year remaining on his contract, and uh, what is the case usually with Major League Baseball, about the time that there is one year left, that's when uh, uh, it's happened to many of the big franchises. Uh, I think, what, C.C. Sebastia was with the, the Cleveland Indians before he was traded, ended up really really shining all those years um, for the New York Yankees. And so with that year left, uh, it was um, something that is uh, fairly typical. Now I am going to make um, uh, just a a suggestive thought here. Uh, Probably the most uh, important byline having to do with the Tampa Bay Rays is uh, where will they be playing baseball in the future? That, uh, to some degree, also has uh, an element to that is how many people are coming out to see the Rays play baseball currently in St. Petersburg. I have got to believe that the trading of Evan Longoria is going to further exasperate the attendance efforts by the Rays as they play ball in Tropicana Field. And, of course, the obvious uh, counter uh, question would be with uh, the Tampa group uh, very much uh, in talks with the Rays in terms of uh, building a new ballpark uh, essentially uh, right at the um, the southwestern uh, quadrant of Ybor City, uh, certainly adjacent to downtown Tampa. Will um, Will this help? efforts uh, as far as uh, public opinion, community opinion, possibly even investors uh, who might come along in the private sector to uh, uh, put this this huge deal together in order to build the raise a new stadium and to transfer operations over to the uh, Tampa side of the bay, certainly it must be taking into taking into consideration that um, I think we're going to be looking at some even more dismal attendance numbers uh, at the TROP. And remember, there are days, and I'm not saying anything negative about the Tampa Bay Storm, which is an indoor football league, but there have been times where the Storm has um, had a better attendance at their games than the Rays at Tropicana Field. So we've got a lot of news to cover. We're going to be bringing you excerpts from uh, a remarkable gathering uh, on the lawn of the White House as Republican members of the House and the Senate boarded buses and came down to a large outdoor celebration uh, for the final signing of the tax reform bill by the House of Representatives. And if you're just uh, catching up with the story, yes, they did vote last night. And they sent it to the Senate, but under the Byrd Act, and the Senate has a lot of rules. There were, what, two or three provisions, uh, maybe even part of the title, that in order to uh, satisfy uh, Democrats who cried foul, the Senate did take the bill up, passed it at about one thirty, one forty-five in the morning, this morning, 
And uh, this afternoon, the House took up the package again that was sent back over from the Senate with the corrections. They signed off, and literally within a very short period of time, minutes, they were boarding buses headed down to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, we're going to have excerpts for that. That may spill over into the second hour of our program. But uh, let me say this. If you would like to weigh in either on the resignation of uh, Florida State Senator Jack Latvala or the news that Evan Longoria has been traded to the San Francisco uh, Giants, both of those are keeping uh, our commitment to our emphasis of bringing you the top local headlines here around the Bay Area, Sarasota as well, Bradenton as well, Manatee as well, and Florida State News. Phone lines are open right now. If uh, you would like to be a part of our program in Tampa, you can call 813-287-5700. Sarasota, Manatee, Bradenton, uh, you can call 941-955-0930. For all others across Florida and the U.S., call me toll-free right now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. If you'd like to weigh in on the resignation over uh, sexual harassment allegations against Senator Jack Latvala or the departure of Evan Longoria and your thoughts about the raise, call me now, 877-943-9673. And to remind you each and every day, if you would like to catch up with portions of our program that you missed or you just want to download the podcast and listen to the show at your convenience, you can do that by going to any of uh, our stations, the Answer Stations, uh, or um, letstalkfaith.com, the Answer Stations, or also with the biz. Uh, Well, the biz, let me give you the quick numbers here. The Dow Jones Industrials off 28 points to 24,726. NASDAQ off 2.89 to 69.60. S&P off 2.22, 26.79. All of the excitement about the tax package is already caked in these numbers, baked in the cake. More of the Bill Bunkley Show plus your calls coming up next. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck, and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out, and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court, and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, I guarantee you a 100% success rate. We'll get you out of your timeshare eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. Steve McCollop, stationed in Bahrain right now with the U.S. Navy. I want to say uh, Happy New Year to my mom and dad back home in Bushnell, Florida. I'm A1C Joseph Lertola, 559th Medical Wing, San Antonio, Texas. Just want to wish my family, Lertolas, happy holidays in Newport Ritchie, Florida. I'm Major Soraya Jameson, deployed to the Middle East from McDill Air Force Base. I wanted to wish my family and friends Happy New Year. I love you and I'll see you soon. 
Brought to you in the spirit of service by Hungry Howie's Flavored Crust Pizza and Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. But but I've learned that as I say no, my resolve is strengthened. Then when sin comes, I can say no because I've disciplined myself to say no. Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. You're listening to an encore presentation of The Bill Bunkley Show. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. In our history, we, I hate to say this, but we essentially repealed Obamacare because we got rid of the individual mandate, which was terrible. And that was a primary source of funding of Obamacare. And we're back. That is President Donald Trump just moments ago on the South Lawn of the White House. And uh, we're going to be having extended coverage of that speech in terms of the remarks by the president and other members of Congress who were very instrumental in getting that package put together. That will be coming up during the second hour. Also, uh, coming up by the hour, uh, Congressman Dan Webster is going to be with us to uh, talk about uh, the historic day. He'll be calling us directly from Washington, D.C., that coming up in a moment. But again, the other big story of the day is uh, Evan Longoria has been traded to the San Francisco Giants. And I know it's a sad day throughout all of West Central Florida. Evan has been uh, such a um, a great player on the field, done so much for our community off the field, has some business interests here. Um, Gil is in Tampa. Our phone lines are open at 877-943-9673. Let's go to Gil and uh, talk about uh, this trade. Gil, welcome to the Bill Bunkley Show. Thank you. My my uh, two cents is that I recognize that baseball is a business and not a uh, social, non-for-profit thing for the owners. And I don't know the particulars of this deal, but to me, um, Evan Longoria has been the franchise player for us in this community for all these years. Uh, they traded uh, Upton. They traded the pitchers. Uh, mm-hmm. They traded everybody that David Price was Price. Uh, but uh, this this guy Longoria has been uh, well. They used to call him the franchise player. Yes, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they got a lot of money. They needed it. I, I, I frankly don't know. But I think that uh, it, the community is going to hold it. They better have something better and coming up uh now in february because even though the the support in the area is not that great and i realize that uh it probably won't be that much either because uh what we like is i I have become a nhl 
person because our team wins, you know. And, and it's a uh, faster, quicker wins, sport, and it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, and the NFL, with all the problems that uh, exist, political things, I am really not that interested. I used to be uh, a season ticket holder for the Buccaneers. Me too. I gave it up uh, three, three, three or four years ago. I gave it up. Gave mine so, up, too? I, yeah. So, But um, the, the baseball is something for people of my ethnicity, very important, and and uh, to have a team in Tampa is, or in the Tampa Bay area, is extremely uh, important as far as an identity. But uh, I hope that they come, that they build a stadium here in uh, Adamo Drive and 13th Street. Mm. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and uh, it costs a lot of money. But you know, if you, I have heard your program many times, and you, you you're very proud. That have been born and raised in Tampa. Yes, well, you remember when they were going to build the, the what they call at the time the Ice Palace. You know, and that was one commissioner that pushed it through. That was Ed Torrenti, mm-hmm. and everybody thought that Torrenti was in the clouds. This or that. You know what? Look at it. The county has a tremendous jewel there. Tampa itself has uh, progressed considerably, and uh, in a way. Vinick is here, Jeff Vinick, because he's the owner of that franchise and all the other stuff that he's doing. So I think that that was a tremendous win for Tampa and not only that, but the ownership has proven to be uh, a a very good corporate citizen. And I I think Vinick will be uh, positive toward the trying to put, trying to be assisting on the outside for that deal. I got to get another caller, but Gil, let me say this. Uh, With Evan being in his last year of his contract, there would probably be no way in a year that the Rays could bid what Evan would be getting on the open market. He would have been traded. He would have been going somewhere anyway as a free agent. Remember that his home is Southern California, though he's lived here and had a residence here in businesses. His home is in California. So part of this is getting back to close to where um, a lot of his friends are. But, uh, Gil, thank you for calling. Uh, i got to get to Charlie. we got a couple minutes left. But very good observations, Gil, and to you. We wish you and your family uh, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's go to Odessa. Charlie the Plumber wants to uh, weigh in on the Longoria trade. Charlie, welcome back to the program. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Happy birthday, Jesus! Hoorah! What a great day to be alive in America! Hey, plus we got tax relief. Hey, how about that? But you know, it's, Evan a, good Longoria, it's a good day. It's a good a, day in some respects for sure. Oh, definitely, Evan Longoria! What a quality player that guy is. You know what? He stands for the national anthem. How about that? Yeah. God bless him. What a quality uh, person he is. You know what? I hope he does best what's best for himself because you know. Uh, the Rays have made so many mistakes over the years. You know, it goes back to the Tropicana, okay? Okay, they did all these statistics. They did all this research. Oh, no, this is the place. This is the place. You know, we build it, they will come. Well, you know, well, 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 remember, well, remember Frank Morsani, a uh, longtime Tampa resident who owned the Mercedes dealership, he was working with a Tampa group, and the St. Petersburg group decided to go ahead and jump and build it which uh, put uh, his uh, operation to get a team to come here out. So, uh, you know, this is there's some history here if Tampa takes this back. Got about a minute. I'll give you the last word there, Charlie. That was a big, was a big flop. But, you know, they uh, get rid of Longoria. That's their bad. You know, he's 
probably one of the best players in the league for many, many years. And, uh, you know, hey, I hope he goes to the team where he wins the, um, you know. The quick World question, series, quick question. How does this do for attendance coming up this spring? You know what? They'll be buying those two and three dollar tickets, and they still won't sell the place. Do you think? Do you, uh, very quickly, do you think this will, in an indirect way, help Tampa's bid to give them a new start uh, on the Tampa side of the bay? Well, so hey, you know what? I don't care where they go. Let them build their own stadium. Don't don't ask me the tax right. taxpayer to fund your stadium. <laughs> that's all. That's what a lot of people are talking about. Hey, Charlie, Merry Christmas to you uh, and a Happy New Year to you. One of the most colorful, flamboyant uh, uh, parts of the Bill Bunkley family here. And uh, we always appreciate you you spending some time with us. All right, going to take a break. Check in with SRN News, reminding you that coming up in a moment, um, good friend, uh, Congressman Dan Webster is going to be joining us. And uh, he has been very much involved with the leadership in the passage of this uh, Tax Reform Act. He'll give us some things uh, to uh, be pondering in terms of the effects on the family, which is the number one priority for this congressman. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Three large U.S. cities have filed a federal lawsuit against the Defense Department saying many service members who were disqualified from gun ownership were not properly reported to the National Background Check System. New York City, San Francisco, and Philadelphia filed a lawsuit today in Virginia. A Defense Department failure just like that allowed a disgraced former Air Force member to buy a high-powered rifle and shoot 26 people to death November 5th in a Texas church, as you may recall. A news report is indicating China's economy will overtake our own by the year 2032. The U.S. would then be the second largest economy in the world. Shoppers feeling good about the economy and spending more than expected on items like kitchen gadgets, toys, and coats could make this the best holiday shopping season for retailers in several years. The closing bell on Wall Street, the Dow is down eight points. This is SRN News. Dear Jesus. It was a good thing that you were born at night, because this world seems dark sometimes. The whole world seems on edge, kind of mad and dark. Lord Jesus, you entered the dark world of your day. This Christmas, please enter ours. We're looking for our star. Merry Christmas. Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Bill Bunkley here for my friends at EDI Travel. If you're a pastor of a church or a leader of an organization who has ever dreamed about leading a trip to the Holy Land, be sure to consult with the professionals at EDI Travel, just named again for the third year in a row, the very best Holy Land tour company by TripAdvisor. 
EDI Travel will start with what your group wants to see and customize your own very special tour. All-inclusive tour packages are EDI's specialty. The price for your trip covers everything. Flights, ground transportation, accommodations, tax, tips, and admissions, leaving you and your group with no surprises. Whether your group is first-time or returning travelers, they are the professionals who make the experience great for everyone. Set your sights on Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, and much, much more. Call now to get your EDI trip planned today at 727-460-1225. That's 727-460-1225. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us and giving the gift of family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. Saturday afternoons at 4, it's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. God allows that seed to grow. The mustard seed is a seed, and seeds are meant to grow. God begins with small things, but God's purpose is that whatever he starts small will end big. Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs, Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTVN, online at letstalkfaith.com. Don't let that keep you down. Protect your career, your family, and your financial future with help from NFCC, a financial advocate who understands the money issues faced by current and former military members. Schedule a confidential financial review with an objective nonprofit NFCC financial counselor. Call us today at 877-404-6322 or visit us at nfcc.org slash military. You owe it to yourself. Get relief now. This is an encore presentation of the Bill Bunkley Show. Merry Christmas, baby. Should it treat me nice? Merry Christmas, baby. Should it treat me nice? You bought me a diamond ring for Christmas. I feel like I'm in paradise. Hey, we're back. Otis Redding, believe it or not, on the Bill Bunkley Show on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. And uh, as we are getting ready to celebrate uh, for me, an important day of the year, and that is the day that we celebrate uh, the birth of uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, historic day on Capitol Hill. And uh, just uh, within the last uh, few moments, uh, Buses had rolled out of the U.S. Capitol with Republican members of both the United States Senate, United States, United States House, 
came on down Pennsylvania Avenue to the 1600 address and got out on the South Lawn there and had a little celebration. One of those congressmen uh, who was very instrumental in uh, what happened in terms of tax reform and also a very good friend of your host, that is uh, Congressman Dan Webster, and he represents the 11th Congressional District here in Florida. And I'll give you that website if you want to connect with him. But uh, Dan has been the model of a public servant, and I emphasize the S in servant. And uh, he has uh, uh, served distinctively, not only in the Florida House when you could count Republicans on one hand. He later revamped uh, access to uh, how you would operate in the Florida House while he was the Speaker of the House. He served as a, uh, a senator in the Florida Senate before being elected to the Congress. And uh, who knows how many grandchildren he has today, but he lives by his biblical principles, his Christian worldview. Dan Webster, good to have you with us this afternoon. Hey, Bill. Great to be on. Well, this is a historic day, so let me get out of the way. Uh, What does this mean to you? I mean, you thought you had it last night, had to come back today for a couple of technicalities. But let me just ask you, how big a day, how historic is this in the history of the United States Congress? I think it's huge just because of the enormity of the issue and the fact we've been trying for years to uh, modify the tax code, make it more simple, make it more fair to other people, and uh, have our general citizenry pay less money to the government, let them keep their money and spend it on other things or save it. So it's a great day. Uh, Congressman Webster, in your career, you have always had an eye first for the family. In fact, I think on many occasions you have rightly characterized it as the smallest unit of government. For our listeners, many families that are listening in today, tell us, uh, go down the list of the many ways that you believe this bill will be bringing relief to uh, all different categories of families uh, as it kicks in January the 1st. Yes, uh, this is sort of a multi reduction in in taxes and more money in the pocket of our hardworking citizens. So in the end, probably the key for my district, over 81% of the people in my district file their tax uh, forms each year without doing the standard, uh, without doing deductions and so forth. They just use the standard amount of deduction available. Mm -hmm. So that's 81%. That amount is doubling. So if it doubles, that means they're paying on uh, on far less money. Uh, they'll pay taxes on that amount because that uh, deduction will will go uh, twice as far. So that means their taxes are going to be reduced. Second is their the rate that they'll pay, whatever bracket they're in, they're going to pay less money. And so it's a, sort of a double benefit and that not only do they pay on less of the money they make they also pay on at a lower rate then there's other things including the child uh, tax credit and other other opportunities that will even add more to that savings this is a uh, this is a plan that benefits everyone and I know a lot of people said uh, benefits this group, benefits that group. No, this uh, got rid of much of the things, and and it's going to be on a. You could put it on a postcard. You can have one page of you write down a few numbers, and you end up 
getting a number at the bottom line, which is how much taxes you owe, it's going to be less than it is um, for this year. It's going to be less next year, and it's going to be much simpler to fill out. So it's a great win for the average uh, American citizen and the, and the family, the average American family, who's going to be, benefit greatly from uh, all that's taking place. Congressman Dan Webster is my guest this afternoon talking about the massive tax cut, the historical tax cut that uh, had final passage in the House. Now there's some housekeeping uh, things that have to be done as it is prepared for the president's signature. But today he and his Republican colleagues from both the House and the Senate gathered at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue for a big outdoor celebration. Of course, Daniel represents the 11th District a congressional district here in Florida, which is uh, centered around, uh, get that I-4 area there, East Lakeland on over more to Central Florida. And if you want to connect, you can connect with him at webster.house.gov. That's webster.house.gov. Now, Congressman Webster, people may be thinking, well, I have to wait till I do my taxes next year to see some tax savings. That's not really the case. Tell them uh, what's going to happen probably come February. Well, if they get uh, paid once a month, come February, but if they get paid once a week, come the first week in January, uh, they're going to receive a paycheck, and that paycheck is going to be uh, more than what they're getting right now. That means that the amount withheld by the federal government for, for the general operation of government is going to be less, therefore they keep more. And that'll start their first paycheck that they get in the new year. Hmm. Now, let's talk about children, because uh, one of your colleagues uh, in the other chamber, in fact, uh, oddly enough, uh, a colleague uh, who uh, tells everyone, uh, kind of like what I do, <laughs> Dan, is that uh, you were his uh, you were his mentor. And of course, that is uh, Senator Marco Rubio. In the final days that this thing was coming together from the conference committee, um, he took the bold step of saying that uh, he might withhold his vote if uh, the child tax credit didn't rise to a certain level. Talk about that and, and talk about, uh, through uh, his leadership, what he was able to get you and others, who I'm sure agree with it, uh, to do for some of our families. Well, I, uh, the House had already moved to the number, uh, I think, uh, 60% of the way to where he wanted to be. And him coming along, of course, uh, we we passed our version, the Senate passed their version, we went to conference, uh, the conferees who are, it's a smaller group of members from both House and Senate, got together and worked it out, and they, they heard. And I, I will tell you from our side, uh, the chairman there, Kevin Brady, he was so open to uh, anything that would be, you know, would help families, would help children, would help uh, get people on board. And uh, Marco took uh, sort of carried the weight on it, and it turned out fantastic. So not only, like I said, those first two, they're going to they're going to get a doubling of their exemptions. They're going to get they're going to get a, a rate that's lower than it is today, and they're going to get these extra benefits like the uh, child tax credit. It's going to be higher than it was under the uh, what the code is now, which is an awful code, which is way bigger. I had a picture taken of myself one time uh, a couple of years ago of the tax code when we first started talking about maybe modifying it, and I could not reach the top of the papers that were stacked so mm. high of just the tax code. There's nobody that has a chance to read all that, and yet, you know, that's, that was our tax code. Now, 
the simplification is going to be fantastic in that we're going to be paying on a one-page document, and uh, it's going to be simpler, it's going to be fairer, and it's going to be less money that you're going to have to spend. So uh, the tax credit is just sort of a bonus, and uh, uh, the child tax credit, and that's going to be great also for families. Now, it's pretty amazing because uh, when you talk about the kind of numbers in your district, which is probably district-wide, that's going to benefit by this, and they're going to be able to see this very quickly in terms of those that are uh, employed, in terms of their withholding going to be reduced, and they're going to have more money. But would you comment on your colleague, who is the minority leader in the House, Nancy Pelosi? She said with the signing of this bill, she has said in in recent days, this is Armageddon, this is the end, this is the worst decision the House has ever uh, I guess, uh, uh, you know, came to a, a decision on. Uh, could you tell us uh, exactly your reaction to what she has said about this bill? Well, she might have overstated a little bit, that being the worst <laughs> bill. Uh, I would I would say it's, it's one of the better bills. Uh, I would think she would rethink it if she thought about uh, the bills that followed emancipation and so forth that happened there. Uh, I think it would be a little bit different. A different view if you're talking about the entire Congress from from the time it existed mm-hmm. forward. I, I don't really believe that. But in the end, this is a great bill. It's going to prove out. There's going to be a testing time. We're going to have the opportunity that people are going to see their taxes go down, guaranteed. And and uh, and that's not just counting us. The people are griping about us lowering the business. We now are competitive with the world. And so before we had the highest tax rate for businesses in the entire world, and it showed. People were leaving, not people, people with their companies <laughs> along with them mm-hmm. were leaving this country to go to a, uh, another tax haven that would, that would be better for them. And those tax havens were in other countries who speak different languages in a lot of cases and so forth. But they were happy to do that so that they could save that money. Now we're going to be competitive. And this 20 uh, 20%, 21% rate is going to be awesome for them. What that means is, just like what happened here, uh, AT&T is now uh, going to spend a bill, over a billion dollars. just to, Because of this passage of this bill, they said, because of the passage of this bill, we're going to spend over a billion dollars in infrastructure here in this country, and we're going to give over 200000 of our employees, a thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, the president That's mentioned awesome. that. I was like, that was pretty awesome, and he was just handed that card before he spoke today. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to be duplicated over and over and over again. I heard some of the conferees who said we were privy to companies calling us saying, look, if you pass this, if you get it right, we're coming back. We're coming back to this country. We're going to, we're going to do that. And we've made provisions to give them kind of a break on bringing their money back to the country. Uh, and and uh, when they do that, they're going to be taxed, but it's going to be at a lower rate. But that's going to be a windfall for us to maybe do infrastructure, roads and bridges and so forth. This has a multifaceted benefit to this country. And then I, th- I guess the last thing I would say is it's, it's the fact that it's going to grow our economy. And we've been sta- stagnant to growing at 1%, 1.5%. That doesn't do anything for us to sort of maintain the status quo. Yeah. But we're we're talking about maybe three and a half, four percent growth in our economy. When awesome. that takes place, even from the bottom up, we have a chance to really get to balance with our budget because we'll have we won't have higher taxes. We'll have more people paying taxes, 
they'll be making more money. And so our revenue for our country is going to increase. Uh, and, and that's just an added benefit. Congressman Westford, Congressman Westford, we we are got a hard break. Thanks so much okay. for being with us. And uh, more of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Uh, Merry Christmas, Congressman Westman, to you and your family. We wish you all the best. Thank you for your hard work. I'm Bill Bunkley. Be right back. From the studio that brought you miracles from heaven and cloudy with a chance of meatballs comes the star. That light, that's the star. This is where it's been leading me. We've come to honor the new king. What's his name? His name is Jesus. Experience the family event of the holiday season. Do you guys like frankincense? I never know what to get. The star. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. For tickets and showtimes, go to thestarmovie.com. Dinovite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. <laughs> Order a 90-day supply of Dinovite for your dog this week. We'll send you a bottle of Liquor Chops free. New, improved Liquor Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E. And now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Liquor Chops. Free. This week at Dynavite.com. Dynavite is nutrition. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Self-checkout seems convenient, but the store is the big winner. They save tons of money on labor, but you pay the same price. With Mr. Sparky, if you request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, we'll knock 40 bucks off the cost of our basic service call. That's right. Request an electrician at MrSparkyFlorida.com, and the service call is only $19. And I understand there's a new jingle. Problems with electric, something's wrong. Click MrSparkyFlorida.com. Uh, yeah, we'll work on that. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. That's right, Tampa Bay. If you have a cracked windshield and full coverage insurance, they can install a new one for free and buy back your old one for up to $100 cash on the spot. Call 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-G-L-A-S-S. 813-96-GLASS. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. Steve McCollop, stationed in Bahrain right now with the U.S. Navy. I want to say uh, Happy New Year to my mom and dad back home in Bushnell, Florida. I'm A1C Joseph Lertola, 559th Medical Wing, San Antonio, Texas. Just want to wish my family, Lertolas, happy holidays in Newport Ritchie, Florida. I'm Major Soraya Jameson, deployed to the Middle East from McDill Air Force Base. I wanted to wish my family and friends Happy New Year. I love you and I'll see you soon. Brought to you in the spirit of service by Hungry Howie's Flavored Crust Pizza and Faith Talk 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com. But one of the things that God allowed me to experience was his power to defeat and combat the sin in my life. Dr. Rosaria Butterfield on today's Focus on the Family Minute. See, I think sometimes we live with half the gospel. Hmm. And we think that's okay. We say, well, Jesus forgave you, you're forgiven. And we don't preach the power of God to change you at your deepest level. Now, does that mean I don't struggle with sin? I struggle with sin all the time, but the gospel comes with power. And you know, part of why Paul could do what he did, think about this. This man had blood on his hands. Mm. He was probably interacting with the very same people whose mothers he had murdered. He could do that because God took not only the guilt of his sin and the shame of his sin, but the history of his sin. You can hear more insights from Dr. Butterfield at familyminute.org. 
Weekday mornings at 8. Don't miss Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. This centurion, a hardened soldier, he came to Jesus with faith in his heart. He trusted for Jesus to do something significant, and Jesus acted in response to his faith. Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. Weekday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. You're listening to an encore presentation of The Bill Bunkley Show. Bunkley Show, universally loved and appreciated by the entire cross audience of the Bill Bunkley Show. Glad to have you back this afternoon. What a day this has been. I mean, think about it. The 20th day of December 2017, and uh, here we have uh, no less than a very historic victory for Donald Trump. And um, I don't want you to miss tomorrow's something to think about. And that's because uh, I'm going to be, I was doing some research, and, uh, you know, some would have you think that um, the only thing that happened uh, was, uh, in terms of uh, President Trump's accomplishments, was uh, the the um, passage of tax reform. But that's really not the case. Well, it's been such a busy business day. A couple of things I want to just remind you before we wrap up our first hour. William March is reporting that yesterday's special election for State House District 58, primarily in Plant City, that was the seat that was formerly held by Representative Dan Rollerson. Well, we have a victor. And uh, as expected, Republican Lawrence McClure easily won yesterday's special election. He garnered 54% of the vote to defeat Democrat uh, Jose Vasquez and Libertarian Brian Zamina and no party candidate Aman Saladalin. Anyway, he won all three, and that includes uh, Temple Terrace uh, east through Plant City in that area around the county line. And so uh, that seat has been filled. He will be heading up to the Florida House of Representatives, taking part in a 2018 session. By the way, uh, Mike, did you know that Donald Trump actually arrived at Disney yesterday, uh, Disney World? I'll tell you what, it was a pretty interesting, uh, but he has finally taken his plate in place in Walt Disney World's Hall of Presidents in the Magic Kingdom. And... Um, I'm not sure if he looks like himself, like somebody. You know, we've uh, had a chance to have John Voight on our program in the past, uh, the very renowned Hollywood actor, actor, the conservative one, I should say. And uh, now I don't know whether the new uh, Donald Trump looks like John Voight, but somebody said he did. Um, I don't really know um, until I go over there and see it in person, but... Uh, 
anyway, um, the attraction has been closed since January um, 17th, and um, that doesn't make sense. I'm reading a, a, a wire report that came in. Let me just uh, let me retract that statement. Um, the show is a 25-minute show. If you haven't seen it, uh, President Trump is standing next to a seated Abraham Lincoln in the center of the stage. It does have his signature hair. Uh, his uh, suit jacket is unbuttoned, uh, and his tie, that very long Donald Trump tie, and uh, he recorded the comments for the um, the um, the presentation there in the hall. He did that in the White House. So anyway, uh, next time you're over at the Magic Kingdom, you want to pop into the Hall of Presidents, and you can see President Donald Trump. All right. Two minutes. All right, two minutes. Let me just remind you that uh, we still have our Regnery contest. And um, if you haven't uh, registered, you could do that right now. We'll have uh, two books, um, absolutely one book on our answer stations or two answer stations. If you would like to uh, register to win David Limbaugh's new book, The True Jesus, Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. You can go to either am860theanswer.com or am930theanswer.com. Click on the contest tab and enter, and you can enter again each of the days before the end of the year. And uh, one that I have thoroughly enjoyed, haven't had a chance to uh, get into David's book yet, but Dwight Longenecker, Mystery of the Magi, The Quest to Identify the Three Wise Men. If you'd like to uh, put your name in the contest to win one of these five books, will be given away. Now, that you have to do exclusively at letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com. Click on the contest tab, and you can register every day to um, increase your chances of winning that one. So coming up uh, in just a few moments, uh, I'll be venturing into my second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. I'll be bidding farewell to those of you on the answer stations, as well as those of you tuning in for the 4 o'clock hour on our biz station. But I will be on the powerful AM570 signal up and down the coast. Uh, we have AM910 that originates out of Plant City. Listen to me there. Or if you are in Lakeland, FM 102.1, that's the second hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. And if you've been busy today and uh, haven't had a chance to catch all of the excitement of the passage of the tax reform plan, I would say if you are a conservative, that is, we're going to have excerpts from the big shindig that was just held outside of the White House on the South Lawn. We'll hear from the president and others on this historic day of tax reform. I'm Bill Bunkley. See you on the other side. here if you're a member of the worship team at your church join us january 29th at south tampa fellowship for calibrate the worship team event featuring matt marr meredith andrews josh wilson Corey asbury and caleb miller be encouraged in your calling to lead others to worship calibrate the worship team event january 29th at south tampa fellowship register today at calibrateworship.com Saturday mornings at 8. Ask an attorney with Joe Pippen. 
And the benefit of the trust is no probate, no guardianship, quick, easy, fast, efficient, and private documents. And uh, in this case, we provided for each of them for the rest of their life with some security factor there and also provided for their children. Ask an attorney with Joe Pippen, Saturday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN, Pinellas Park, online at letstalkfaith.com, a service of the Salem Media Group. Your news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Val Dior. U.S. home prices climbed a robust 6.2% from a year ago amid strong demand from would-be buyers and a shrinking supply of properties for sale. Economics writer Josh Blow. That increase largely reflects a stronger U.S. economy. The Case-Shiller Index shows the strongest gains are in three cities, Seattle, Las Vegas, in San Diego. Standard & Poor's is reporting that its SP CoreLogic case Schiller National Home Price Index stood a solid 6% in October above its previous 2006 peak. Prices are climbing at more than double the pace of wage growth, creating some affordability pressures that have been offset by relatively low mortgage rates. The upper chamber of the Russian parliament has voted to extend Russia's lease of a naval base in Syria for 49 years. Russia's air campaign in Syria began in September 2015. It helped turn the tide of the civil war in favor of Moscow's longtime ally, President Bashar Assad. Even though Russian President Vladimir Putin earlier this month announced a partial pullout of troops from Syria, Russia is determined to keep its military presence there. French authorities have launched a judicial probe in a tainted baby milk scandal. Linda Kenyon has more. Fears of salmonella contamination led to the recall of several million products in some 30 countries. Now the Paris prosecutor's office is opening a preliminary investigation targeting French dairy giant Lactalis. The company apologized to consumers earlier this year after tests confirmed a salmonella outbreak at one of its production sites. French health authorities say 31 infants across France contracted salmonella in recent months within days of consuming the baby milk. There were no deaths, although 16 infants were hospitalized and thankfully all have recovered. On the stock market today, it's back to work. The Dow down 8 to 24,746. S&P closing down 3 to 2681. NASDAQ closing down 24 to 6936. You're listening to Town Hall News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-721-4880. That's 800-721-4880. 800-721-4880. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. 
The old-school arcade game of pinball is resurging in popularity. The International Flipper Pinball Association says interest has skyrocketed over the last decade or so, with the number of pinball players and competitions growing worldwide. Pinball is not going away. It, it can't be replicated, so I think that's why it never truly goes away. Zach Sharp, spokesman, Stern Pinball in Elk Grove, Illinois. It takes about 30 hours from start to finish. Um, we make roughly 50 games a day. The IFPA says there have been nearly 4,500 pinball competitions worldwide in 2017 with more than 55,000 players. That compares to 500 players in 50 competitions in 2006. An attorney says he knew the former South American soccer official he represents is innocent, but he expected a jury to convict him anyway. Bruce, Bruce Udoff says the Brooklyn Federal Court jury asked a question about wire fraud Friday, convincing him it would convict Manuel Berga in the FIFA bribery scandal. This is Town Hall News. East Coast fishermen are turning a wary eye toward an emerging upstart, the offshore wind industry. Correspondent Jeremy House has more on the story. In New Bedford, Massachusetts, fishermen dread the possibility of navigating a forest of turbines as they make their way to the fishing grounds that have made it the nation's most lucrative fishing port for 17 years running. The state envisions hundreds of wind turbines spinning off the city's shores in about a decade, enough to power more than a million homes. Off New York's Long Island, an organization representing East Coast scallopers had sued the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management to try to halt a proposal for a nearly 200-turbine wind farm. Commercial fishermen in Maryland's Ocean City and North Carolina's Outer Banks have also sounded the alarm about losing access to fishing grounds. Jeremy House reporting. North Korea's envoy in charge of U.S. affairs at the U.N. demanded Washington provide evidence to back up its claim Pyongyang was behind the WannaCry ransomware attack. They say the accusation baseless. Town Hall News. Weekdays from 3 to 4 here on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. You hear the I Work For Him program with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Well, today we bring you a special encore presentation, a rebroadcast of today's program, I Work For Him with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. This half hour of the I Work For Him show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, Christians helping Christians with health care through health care sharing. Find them online at SamaritanMinistries.org. Who do you work for? You work for someone. Are you just there for the paycheck? Your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your Lord. Are you called to more than just getting it done by Friday? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. Welcome to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Broadcasting from our flagship studios in Tampa Bay, you've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast all over the world on letstalkfaith.com and iHeartRadio. But right here in Tampa Bay on AM 570, 910 and FM 102.1. You can also find us on Talk America Radio. Just look them up online. You know, I think it's safe to say that we've raised a generation that is more familiar with how to survive a zombie apocalypse than they are with how to survive real life. Many in our country are more familiar with the plot lines of the hit shows like Twilight and The Walking Dead than are familiar with the full redemptive message of Jesus Christ. Which message has real life-giving impact, real eternal impact, real life-saving skills? When we're... when, when When are we going to stop filling our minds with nonsense and start filling our minds with the very thoughts of our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ? But wait, sometimes you can use the nonsense 
to help people understand the reality that we live in. And so today we talk with Danielle Strickland. Danielle serves at the Salvation Army as an officer in Toronto, Canada, and I believe she's moved to Los Angeles, California. We'll find out in a minute. Serving the marginalized for over 20 years, she's also the co-founder of Infinitium. Wow. Infinitum, Amplify Peace, the Brave Campaign, and the Ambassador for Stop the Traffic, a global anti-human trafficking campaign, and, of course, Compassion International. Danielle has just released her latest book, The Zombie Gospel. Danielle Strickland, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks. It's so great to be with you. Okay, so how do you say infinitum? Yeah, it's a bit of a fight. It's infinitum or it's infinitum. It depends on, it's a Latin word that means boundless. And it's, uh, it's kind of like a discipleship system, a way of living that uh, follows Jesus as a primary means of life. Infinitum. I can do infinitum. Yes. I just have never seen infinitum. it spelled that way before. Okay. All right. I, I can yeah. do that. that. That's good. I like that. that All right. Okay. We're here to talk about your latest book, The Zombie Gospel. There's so many things I want to talk about because also your incredible career with the Salvation Army. I, I read a couple of things. I know initially you've been, I know you've been in Canada, but are you in LA now? Is that where you're at? You know what? I just moved back to Canada from L.A. I was there for a couple of years, and I've just moved to Toronto, Canada. That's my latest. It's hard to keep up with me, but that's yeah. my latest post. Yeah, the <laughs> online bios and your family are both trying to figure out where you live today. Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> all right. I, I get that. All right, so what's the story behind you becoming a Christ follower? Yeah. Oh, hey, that's a good story. Um, basically, I was raised. My The story actually starts with my parents. My parents are both kind of abandoned children. My mom was in the foster care system, and my dad uh, was sold illegally as a baby and kind of into this home that wasn't very fit. And uh, the Salvation Army was door knocking in poor neighborhoods looking for kids that might want some hope and found them both in different neighborhoods, different towns. And they both kind of tell the story of finding a place of belonging, which is what they were looking for their whole entire life, and these kind of unwanted kids being wanted finally and coming to know Jesus and their worth and their value and then kind of spending their life giving it back. And so uh, that was kind of the ethos I was raised in, both of them coming from pretty broken backgrounds, but raised in the Salvation Army context of no one's ever too far gone. And, you know, hope is never (laughs) uh, gone, that there's always this possibility that God can redeem and restore. And um, so I was a big fan of the Salvation Army, but I had some mixed reviews about God because my dad and I had a really broken relationship, some probably generational patterns of uh, emotional unavailability and kind of some of the scars of his own upbringing. And, uh, and so we were estranged. So I just always had these false beliefs about God, that God was kind of perpetually disappointed and not very fun and uh, kind of super religious and authoritative. So I just thought rebellion was freedom. So I just went for it. Like, I just was like, let's get free. And I was one of those like hellion pastor's kids that just, you know, was uncontrollable. And um, because I believed a lie that rebellion led to freedom, I pursued it. Of course, we know that the lie exposed is that rebellion leads to death. And so I quickly, you know, was estranged from my family. I was... um, involved with drug dealing and car stealing and I was in and out of jails and then finally kind of landed in jail for some serious crimes and it didn't look like it was possible for me to get out. I remember being in this holding cell in downtown Toronto actually in the city hall and um and the Salvation Army lady, I was estranged from my family, but, you know, I used to whisper conspiratorially that the Salvation Army was always out to get me. 
and that they were everywhere. And so I remember this lady, little lady, coming to visit me, Salvation Army lady, and myself, and giving me a lawyer's card. I remember thinking to myself, oh, great, here comes a lecture. And instead of a lecture, she just wrapped her arms around me and she said, I love you. And I, of course, I didn't hug her back. I was like cold as ice. I said after her, I shouted out after her, you know, you didn't even bring me a smoke. <laughs> That's how grateful I was for the visit. And then uh, when she left, I remember this steel door closing and me being alone in this cell. And then Jesus showed up. And I don't know really how to describe this to people that makes any sense, except that it was just this phenomenal encounter that I had. And Jesus did the same thing this lady did. He just... He wrapped his arms around me and he whispered to me, I love you. And my cold heart melted. Like I, I describe it like somebody turned on a light. And I, I literally came to my senses. I remember saying to myself, holy blank, you know, I'm in jail. Like, what am I doing here? Like, um, and I began what my mom says is not a change of speed, just a change of direction. And kind of as fast and furious as I was headed to hell, I just kind of like went the other direction and tried to pursue um, Jesus. Hmm. So from all of that experience, you and, and I didn't know the story about how you were really kind of, you know, the Salvation Army was dogging you all the time. How did you become a social justice warrior where you're defined by your desire to reach the least of these and you get to play out this passion every day within the Salvation Army? Where did that all come? How did you make that turn? Yeah, you know, it's really fascinating, but I feel like the, the the thing that happened with me in jail with Jesus was this kind of like first conversion kind of idea, this idea that I awoke to the reality of the situation. So I finally saw God for who he was, which is love. And I finally saw myself for who I was, which was like broken and messed up. And so once you get that right, you know, you have it in the right order, but it still becomes about my life. I, I'm saved from, you know, my sin, my drug addiction, my fear, you know, all this kind of stuff. But uh, probably about uh, once I got done, I went to drug treatment to get out of jail. And um, and then I asked for special permission from my probation officer to go on this mission trip to Africa with this interdenominational group. And on the mission trip, um, it was crazy because it was a really strict group, and I was really not good at following rules. And, uh, and anyway, this long, long story, finally I had this day of free time, but I had to do this assignment or else I would lose my free time. So I decided to just go ahead and do it, even though everything in me didn't want to do it. And what it was was we had to share this, like, gospel message with somebody. And I remember taking, grabbing this, like, African girl, Fatima, and I said, I, the, and I presented, like, literally the world's worst gospel presentation, I'm pretty sure, in the history of the world. I just said to Fatima, like, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, but if you don't mind just giving me a couple minutes or else I'll be in trouble, you know, kind of thing. And Fatima's like, yeah, sure. So I just go through this gospel presentation. Like, God loves you. Sweet. You're a sinner. Bummer. Like, Jesus died. Nice. And then, like, do you want to follow him? And I remember turning to her saying, like, so do you? And she, she looked at me and she said, yeah, you know, I really would. And then I kind of panicked a bit and I went back to the beginning of the the thing and, I, and this time I didn't just do the headings I also did like the paragraphs underneath that explained everything and I went through the whole thing again and you know would you like to to follow Jesus and, her, and she said to me yeah I really would and then I, I still didn't believe her I like went back to the beginning I made her do it again and I went through it and through it and through it this time I even acted out the illustrations you know just in case there's a cultural problem and you know just basically because I realized at the end I finally let that girl follow Jesus it was very kind of me but um, I realized afterwards that I believed God could save Fatima because he saved me. I knew that God could do whatever God wants to do. What I didn't know, which would change the rest of my life, is that God could use me to save Fatima. 
And that's really what I call kind of like my second turn. My first turn was towards God, and then my second turn was that this salvation was bigger than me. It wasn't just about me. And so in many ways, this pursuit of mine to just give away what I've been given freely and to allow God to somehow use me in the process of bringing this story to the world, you know, this hope and life and goodness and truth and possibilities to everybody, uh, that really, it, it just saved me from myself. And it saved me from a salvation that was just small enough to fit into my life. And it invited me into this, like, big, grand adventure. And I'm, I'm so grateful it did. Not just saved from, but saved for. And I mean, that's what you're doing. You're, you're putting your faith into action each and every day at the Salvation Army. And when we come back, lots more with Danielle Strickland as we talk about her latest book, The Zombie Gospel, The Walking Dead and What It Means to Be Human. This is an incredible conversation. I just finished the book a couple of days ago. This is this is going to I mean, it's going to reach people who will never read the Bible, but they're going to read it because it says zombie on the front. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We'll be right back in just a second. Know the truth with Pastor Philip DeCourcy. His freedom was limited. He ends up in prison. His life is cut short. But that's okay. When you're a forerunner, it's all about preparing the way, clearing the way, getting out of the way. You're expendable. It's okay to be a link in a chain of God-given reactions. Weekday mornings at 9.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Mr. Sparky, we're on time, you'll see. Mr. Sparky, all your repair is free. Tires worn out, not only are you going to pay for a new set plus installation and balancing, they're going to charge you for tire disposal and still possibly sell your old ones to someone else. Same for car batteries. You pay for a new battery and you get saddled with that bogus disposal fee. We're different. At Mr. Sparky, when we install new ceiling fans, we'll buy your old ones for $25. That's $25 off your bill per fan. Same goes for old light fixtures. Electrical panel overloaded? We'll give you $100 for it when we install a replacement. That's $100 off your bill, and we'll take your old panel. Mr. Sparky repairs your electrical system with quality parts at a reasonable price and pays you for your old parts. Like the jingle says, You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888 
Sparky. Buyback applies only to fans, fixtures, and parts replaced or repaired by Mr. Sparky. Weekdays from 3 to 4 here on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. You hear the I Work For Him program with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Well, today we bring you a special encore presentation, a rebroadcast of today's program, I Work For Him with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Welcome back to I Work For Him. As today we talk with Danielle Strickland about her brand new book, The Zombie Gospel, The Walking Dead and what it means to be human. Danielle Strickland is a captain within the Salvation Army out of Canada. So, Danielle, when you moved back to Canada just recently, which part of Canada Canada are you in now? Hey, I'm in Toronto. So you're back in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. I grew up in northern. I grew up in Minnesota, so I understand most Canadians say "a" at the end of every sentence. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you just wrote this book. You, I mean, I, I remember getting a preview about your book about six or seven months ago. Going, hey, this is coming out this fall. This is coming out this fall. I'm like, I have got. I don't even know what this is about, but I have got to hear this because I know that my millennials. Mostly, my twenty, almost twenty-five-year-old daughter, she and her ex-boyfriend, thank God, watched every episode of the Zombie Gospel. Of the, excuse me, of the, that would be great. Of the Walking Dead, she wouldn't miss it. What was it that caused you to write a book called the Zombie Gospel? What, what was it that said, "I'm Danielle Strickland. I'm going to write that book." No, I think it's exactly what you just described, is that she's not alone. I mean, it was like the number one show in America for like eight years in a row or something crazy like that. I mean, it, it is like a phenomenon. And I I literally, like, I usually subscribe to the idea of, you know what, I don't really need any more death in my life. You know, so I'm not really into that genre or watching those shows. And um, I just... I literally gave into the curiosity. I was like, what is driving people to watch this? Even until first I thought I would watch it and just be like, oh, yeah, it's garbage. And we're just like, you know, insatiated with this appetite for destruction, you know, like all those things. And I I started to watch the show. I remember like all by myself. I wouldn't contaminate anybody else. I remember like in my couch, like putting my earphones in on my little laptop, you know, late in the hours so my kids wouldn't wake up, you know, that kind of thing. And my husband wasn't interested. And then I watched the show that all these millions of people are watching in uh, specifically in North America. And I just, I heard it. I heard like a cry. I heard um, these very deep profound, beautiful questions. Chiefly among them is what does it mean to be human? And I realized as I was watching that show and there's gory, you know, I don't want to get anyone to watch a show that doesn't want to watch that show. It doesn't like, it doesn't need to. What I want to do is get people to buy the book to give to everybody who's watching the show because there's millions and millions of them that have watched it. Because what I want to do is I want to talk about the cry and the questions that that film asks. And those questions are so deep and so important. Like, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be human? Like, what are we doing on the earth? Like, who are we if we're not, like, propped up by things that exist already? If it's not about wealth and if it's not about status and if it's not about titles, who are we then? And I felt like as it was asking these deep, deep primal questions of humanity, I felt like it was like a cry of a generation that kind of is living in this apocalyptic time where everything's threatened, their future's threatened, like things are collapsing, like will there be a system for them that will make them be able to relax or will they have to figure out who they are all over again? And these questions are answered and held in Jesus. 
like Jesus is literally the personification of what it means to be human. He holds all of the answers. And I kind of felt like there was this parallel between the times we're living in now and these questions that the show's asking and the times that Jesus, when Jesus showed up on the earth and the, the time that they were at and the questions they were asking. And I thought, this is so amazing because I feel like if we could talk about Jesus, like really clearly, not just as the Savior, although definitely as a Savior, but also as this human being who came to demonstrate what it meant to be alive, fully alive, that we could answer some of these deep, deep questions of a generation. So really, I got like, I got kind of caught up. Like, I feel like I was taken over almost with this, like, and and, and that book just kind of poured out of me. I, I I love that, and and I caught that because you throughout the book you do you you capture just a few scenes from The Walking Dead as you describe things, but it was it was really all about these people who have who have encountered this zombie gop, uh, apocalypse, and they're they're trying to figure out how what is life really all about now because their paradigm had completely shifted permanently. And yeah. life was going to be different. And what do they deal with? And, and, and I want to lead down through some of those questions. But how do you see watching The Walking Dead? How did it help you understand the gospel more clearly to be able to present it to this millennial generation that is watching stuff like this? I think it's kind of connected. You know, like I'm not very skirmish because I've hung out in a lot of almost apocalyptic places in, in my life, you know, so I've met um, and I've kind of faced those questions, I think, in my own life before it was presented kind of in a movie, you know, in a TV form. I feel like when you meet, you know, like a homeless person or someone who's been sexually exploited and you have this version of them in your head. Um, because people who are, you know, weak by societal standards must be weak. And then you meet these people, and they're some of the strongest, most, you know, most intelligent, most powerful people that actually you've ever met, and your whole world turns upside down. And you start realizing that actually you're the weak one, and they're the strong one. And you see what happens in The Walking Dead are all of these relationships begin to turn and it, it really is like an upside-down world, which, of course, is how Jesus kind of describes the kingdom. It's like it, it, this kingdom that's coming that's not of—you won't recognize it, like, in the values that exist in the world. They'll be upside-down. You know, and you kind of hear the Beatitudes, and we just all think, like, oh, for, that's craziness. You know, like, it's just craziness. But when you start stripping back all of these things that have propped us up, even, you know, these values of society, like consumerism is a big, big, big thing I hammer in the book, The Zombie Gospel, because zombies, by definition, are, are people who consume with no regard for what they're consuming, which is what makes them horrifying because they eat brains, right? Which we just are like, that's ridiculous. You're eating people. Like, that's not cool. And But really, when you think about consumerism as a societal disease, we, we are literally consuming with no regard to what it is that we're consuming or what it means to the people uh, who have made it or have been forced to make it or have been locked in a, you know, it, or, or, or serving in Bangladesh on a cotton field. And like literally we're living in like the, you know, the, the fastest growing crime on the planet is, is trafficking, is slavery. Yet one more time, but we don't even want to know. And we're living in a time where like we just want to buy a cheap shirt. That's it. We don't care who made the shirt. We don't want to know. <laughs> don't give us too information. And that is when you take a mirror to that that's a zombie like behavior that's like becoming a consumer with no regard for what you're consuming and that's a disease and that needs to be recognized as that and so you know just 
elements of that show that are just so clearly a mirror to our society right now saying, like, is this the kind of human you want to be? That's great. I, 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 you need to come preach in Tampa Bay. I love this. Okay. All right. So <laughs> there's so much in this book, but we're limited on time. So I want to just ask some specific questions. And right from the get-go, and I had to go back to the beginning. As I read the whole book, then I go back, and I always underline and highlight and put question marks and things. But you said on page three, right as your intro in the book, the gospel has been hijacked to support and encourage a personal relationship at the expense of community overthrow, which is really what the early church did. It overthrew the Roman Empire with love and self-sacrifice. Talk to me about your thoughts on this. What do you mean? I mean, how do we, how you, how can we fix this? Yeah. I mean, I think this goes back to what we just talked about at the beginning, like of my own conversion and then my calling. And I think, I think what happens is we've majored on the conversion, which I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think is bad because everybody needs Jesus for their own life. Like there's, there's just no question about it. Like the gospel does mean Jesus becomes your savior, personal relationship with God. Like that's at the essence of the gospel. It's just not the whole gospel. It's not it. Because what happens is you're saved from something and for the early, but you're saved for something too. And I think that's what we're missing. That's what the church is missing is that all of this salvation, all this hope, all this life, all this forgiveness, all this. I mean, even in the Lord's Prayer, you, you, you hear it, don't you? It's like, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, who sin against us. You know, and we just, we don't even talk about that. We just talk about forgiveness, getting forgiveness from God. We don't talk about about dishing forgiveness out as a means by which we stop the cycle of violence in the world. You know, so, so recently I was in, I was in Salzburg just this year at a Catholic youth event and, uh, and, 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 and Jesus, I mean, just, they just were like, please preach the gospel. Like some of these kids have been going to church their whole life, but they haven't, they haven't had this relationship with Jesus. So I just, I preached the gospel and like a thousand kids made first time decisions for Jesus. It was amazing. 8,000 kids there. And after this big, incredible salvation service, like 5,000 of these kids just like poured out of this Salzburg cathedral went up to this big hill overlooking Europe and they just started praying for Europe and praying for the needs of the world and it was really convicting because as they were praying one of them brought up ISIS and one of them starts to pray they just start praying naturally these teenagers you know Catholic teenagers you know praying for ISIS and one of them just starts praying fervently that God would save just like he saved Saul and made him Paul, that God would take the, you know, the primary ISIS leaders and have them converted to Jesus and like be, be messengers of peace and love. And, and it was so convicting because I remember sitting there thinking, what? Like all this time I've been thinking they have to die, you know, like like, this whole time I've just been like, we got to get those guys out with a drill. You know, like if this is in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like, like, and I don't mean, I don't want to be political, get you in trouble or anything like that, but I, I, I'm just saying, like, the gospel actually says something else, doesn't it? And this it kid instinctively prays this overthrow, but not an overthrow, like, in a Rome style, an overthrow in kingdom style. And that's when Saul gets, you know, radically converted and becomes one of the best evangelists ever known. And, I mean, what kind of a prayer was that? It was so convicting. And I was like, that's the kingdom. That's the message. That's the Jesus. This thing that this teenager instinctively, just in the overflow of God coming near to him, recognizes that that means God can come near to the world. That's what we're missing. When we come back, lots more with Daniel Strickland.
With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. A white Christmas for much of the Northeast and Midwest has given way to bitter cold and travel delays until the new year. National Weather Service meteorologist Amy Seeley says to expect colder than normal the rest of the week. Temperatures hovered around zero degrees in Chicago today. Windchill advisories or warnings in effect for all of North Dakota and Wisconsin, as well as swaths of South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, Indiana, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York. An attorney says he knew the former South South American soccer official he represents is innocent, but he expected a jury to convict him anyway. Bruce Udolf says the Brooklyn federal court jury asked a question about wire fraud Friday, convincing him it would convict Manuel Berga. Instead, the jury today exonerated the 60-year-old former president of Peru's soccer federation in a case connected to the FIFA bribery scandal. On the stock market today, the Dow down 8 to 24,746. This is SRN News. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. 40%. If you own an annuity, you could be entitled to 40% more in guaranteed lifetime income. Annuities can be complicated, confusing, and riddled with trap doors. You know that. But did you know you could be robbed of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars? But one call to J.D. Melberg Financial could make this simple and easy and help you get 40% more in guaranteed lifetime income. They've been featured on PBS, CNBC, and Inc. Magazine. Their expert analysts will reveal the optimal time to activate your annuity, how you could collect this money tax-free, cut your fees and expenses, or how to get out of your annuity without costing you an arm and a leg. Learn how their exclusive next-gen annuity strategies could increase your income up to 40% by calling 800-798-3399 now. That's 800 798 3399 Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com a service of the Salem Media Group Weekdays from 3 to 4 here on Faith Talk AM 570 910 and FM 102.1 you hear the I work for him program with Jim and Martha Brangenberg well today we bring you a special encore presentation a rebroadcast of today's program I work for him with Jim and Martha Brangenberg this half hour of the I Work For Him show is brought to you by Nepsis Capital. Nepsis Capital helps listeners like you to invest with clarity, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Visit them online at nepsiscapital.com. Now it's time for the I Work For Him book highlight segment brought to you by MTL Magazine, the women's magazine designed to bring more to your life. In the holiday issue of MTL, experience Christmas through the lives of your favorite Christian artists and authors. Articles on gratitude and Christmas on the dime help make Christ the center of the season. The famous Chewbacca mom, Candace Payne, shares about tidings of great joy. Subscribe today at mtlmagazine.com. Promo code MTL I Work For Him. Now let's hear about today's title jim hey our title today of course is the zombie gospel written by danielle strickland the walking dead and what it means to be a human danielle talk to our audience about who this book is perfect for yeah this book is perfect for anybody that has watched the walking dead or enjoyed it or if you have kids who watch the walking dead and you don't know how to like even connect that or if you have family members or you have someone on your street or a neighbor or somebody that's like you know their halloween displays are off the charts inappropriate and you're just like i don't know what to do maybe instead of like you know boycotting them as an angry christian you could take over the zombie gospel book and say hey i thought this might be fun <laughs> so this would make a and great christmas present then or a late yeah, christmas absolutely. present this would be a great Christmas present or late Christmas. I 
love that idea. All right, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna give away a copy of the Zombie Gospel today by Danielle Strickland. Call the studio line at eight seven seven nine four three ninety six seventy three or email me Jim at iworkforhim.com. Jim at iwork the number four him.com. Because the, you know, we're during vacation week. I'm not sure if Mike, Michael might be sleeping or doing five shows right now while this is playing. So make sure that you get a hold of me one way or the other. Michael, or what do you think? I'll be sleeping for sure. Okay. All right. So <laughs> email me, Jim at iWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at iWorkForHim.com. The zombie gospel, the perfect gift for all those people who are caught up in the zombie apocalypse. This is the book for them because it will help open their eyes to what it really means to be human. All right, as we're talking with Danielle Strickland today, I want to just take a step back, Danielle, as people tune in. They're tuning in at the bottom of the half hour, and they, they don't know your history. We're not going to go all the way back, but you work at the Salvation Army as a captain, and you're back. Oh, I don't know. what are you Now that you're back in Toronto, what's your title now? Yeah, now I'm the consultant for evangelism okay. for Canada. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. as the consultant for evangelism, does that still take you into the rough-and-tumble places of the inner city? Yeah, you know, I go there just for my own self, you know, for my own, for the gospel, for my own sense of what it means to be human. Because uh, I believe, you know, one of the ways that we find the elements of our humanity is when we when we give to those that people that can't can't give us anything back right now. And I feel like there's something, there's just something Christ-like about going out of our way to get in the way of injustice and pain. So, so that's kind of what I find. I feel like uh, the Salvation Army. People don't know, like at Christmas time, specifically in December, everybody's on deck for like work because <laughs> it's kind of one of the busiest seasons of the world to be an officer in the Salvation Army. We call it almost like surviving December. You know, not not the shopping part, but the giving part. So um, that's kind of where some of our major fundraising is done, but it's also where like some of the most pressing needs are presented and people are uh, experiencing the, mo- the highest levels of despair. And, uh, and so we want to be present where it's most needed um, in, in the season. So and my experience of the Salvation Army is uh, all over the map. You know, I've been a local church leader, so a lot of people don't know the Salvation Army is a church. Um, and they run, you know, local churches all over the world, uh, 128 countries around the world. Um, I've served in Australia. I've done a lot of church planning with the Salvation Army in kind of poor neighborhoods. Uh, in America, you'll find sort of croc centers or social services centers or community centers where, like, kids uh, from low-income uh, places can come and find belonging and teams and sport teams and leagues and all kinds of things, troops, uh, scouts, all that kind of stuff, and begin to explore what it means to be wanted and be part of community. Um, I've held uh, appointments uh, creating justice uh justice uh, departments for the Salvation Army in a couple different countries. And a lot of that has been creating advocacy roles and speaking up in areas of injustice. I've done lots of work around trying to stop human trafficking. So that like goes from a range of like starting safe houses, you know, on that level, which is usually a highly professional thing to advocacy campaigns to stop violence against women, to chapel outreaches on the streets to women who are sexually exploited and into brothels. Um, you know, there's kind of just so many ranges. And then I've done a couple very short-term administration jobs. That doesn't really do well much for me, but. <laughs> that I can tell. So yeah. does the Salvation Army need some help doing what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. But- and actually the Salvation Army, I believe that one of the calling the Salvation Army has is to be a bridge 
um, for people to begin to help um, those people that don't have enough. So if you're anywhere, really, you're going to, in a local town, you're going to probably have a local Salvation Army. I would suggest you call them up. I mean, my husband, it's really funny, but he, he just got out the yellow pages when he was in college because he was convicted to help poor people. And he just looked through for the Salvation Army and then called the number and said, hey, is there anywhere I could help? And he ended up coming on a street outreach youth uh, van, and that's where we met. And that, that was a really good decision he made that day. <laughs> <laughs> so says his wife of how many years? 22 years. 22 yeah. years. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote this book, The Zombie Gospel, which really touches, I mean, in a, a, a very heartfelt manner, a lot of people 50 and under, but the most of the people 35 and under who got caught up in The Walking Dead for almost a decade. Th- this show that really talks about the zombie apocalypse, but as you explained, it really goes so much deeper. Talk to me about Rick. You you keep talking about Rick's life story within The Walking Dead, but you talk about it within the zombie gospel and, and how Rick's life gets impacted. Who is Rick within the story of The Walking Dead? Yeah, Rick's kind of the main character. Um, he's the sheriff, so he's the guy that kind of the show is wraps around. He's kind of the leader. He, he, and it's it, it's his discovery. You know, the, it, the show opens up with Rick uh, recovering in a hospital. His friends have thought he's dead. The, the zombie apocalypse has happened, and he wakes up to this world that has changed. And Rick was the sheriff, so he was like the guy that was in charge before. So he kind of wakes up, and he—I mean, he put—he he gets home, and he's—he's kind of introduced, like very graphically, to like what it means to live in a zombie apocalypse world, which is like really violent and scary all the time. And every his family's gone; he doesn't know what's going on. And he goes, he showers, he changes, he puts on his sheriff's uniform, gets in his sheriff's car, you know, gets his sheriff guns, and he kind of drives around, and he—and he's looking for his family, and he—he he kind of approaches it this new kind of crazy world with this old set of ideas about the world. And you kind of, it just starts dawning on the, on the viewer as well as eventually Rick that like, who's he representing? There is no law. You know what I mean? Like this isn't the world that we used to know. Like none of the, the, the rules that we used to go by apply to this world. And so Rick kind of discovers this, like, who is he if he's not a sheriff? And what is right or wrong if there's no law that says so? You know, and like and one of his best friends becomes he gets he makes best friends with this guy who's actually an outlaw. And so in the old world, these guys would not they would literally be enemies. But in the new world, they become deep friends and they start respecting each other and learning who they are as, as humans rather than who they thought they were. And that relationship becomes this rich, beautiful, which what I think is a fantastic gospel relationship, because we see past what the society says about people and we see into the real human of each other. And when we see that humanness in each other, we can really love each other. And that's what the gospel does. And, and Rick's view of life really changes, as you highlighted in the story. There, the, the, All of the killing and everything really eventually has a, a pretty severe impact on him, doesn't it, towards the end of the story? Yeah, and that's one of the, you know, this is a, you know, some critiques of the, and I, I know Shane Claiborne is a really big big anti-violent guy and he he wrote he wrote a endorsement of the zombie gospel he said i don't know why i'm doing this because like there's nothing in me that wants to support kind of this this excessive violence and um and i totally get it and i write like a portion in there and even rick who's like the main character who's like we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna solve everything by violence realizes you know even in the middle of the show like this isn't working 
this isn't working. And actually, I don't want to be this person that's constantly killing and constantly trying to respond to violence with more violence because it just creates a very, very dangerous, dangerous world. And so there's a point in one part where he actually puts his gun away and he becomes a farmer and he kind of like commits himself to living a different way. It doesn't work out for long because the reality is, is that the world is harsh, but it's such a good conversation. And that's one of the things I really say is I believe that violence is never actually the answer, that the more violent we get to respond to the violence in the world, the more violent the world gets. And we, we're part of this perpetual cycle. And one of the things that happens in The Walking Dead is everyone gets tired of it. Like, the viewer gets tired of it. The characters are tired of it. Like, you know, you see these guys that used to, like, pick up their gun and go out, like, you know, like, ready to take on, you know, like, their Terminator, who just literally are, like, sighing at the thought of it. You know, like, you can't just, like, oh, make me do it again. Like, they're just exhausting themselves on this idea of violence being a redeeming factor in a world. So, you know, what I have seen is that the gospel has so much good news because of the redemption. Jesus didn't just come to redeem us, but he came to restore the world that we live within. And and really, adversity is one of those things that really starts to change and form in our lives. How do you I mean, how do you talk about that adversity and how it impacts these people? Because towards the end of the story, you talk about how one of them gets pregnant. And this yeah. this adversity and then that bright light really changes things. Well, and this is, I mean, this is like I I would be, I would love to show sort of that, that birth of that child in The Walking Dead as a nativity Christmas message. Because that's literally, I mean, if you think about the context of Christmas and when Jesus was born, and you think that even just shortly after Jesus was born, Herod, you know, kills, orders the killing of all these young uh, boys, and Jesus has to escape for his life. I mean, you think of the backdrop of the darkness and the violence of that culture and this birth mattering, you know, that life itself is sacred somehow. And the sacredness of life is this essence of God in people, like this idea that God made humanity sacred. I mean, he made us, he set us apart, he made us as image bearers of God himself to the world. And that in a, in a world that commodifies human beings and aborts babies because they're insignificant or they're the, the wrong time, you know, a world where value, the, the, the life, the value of life is just so depreciated. There's something. I think for this generation in the sacredness of life, you know, and this is this is true of every generation. But, you know, when they wrote Genesis, the, the, the historians, the biblical historian, historians think that, you know, they wrote Genesis when the Israelites were literally in and out of captivity, like in Babylonian captivity. And the writer, you know, is saying, you know, what do we tell people who struggle with the value of life, who think that they're they're slaves, who think that they don't matter, who think that they're just a human commodity, who think, you know, they're functional beings. And, and, and the writer says, I know what we'll tell them. We'll tell them why they were made. You know, and then then there's this, this, this deep resonance of the sacredness of humanity. And I think this generation, in light of the backdrop of the way the world is, needs to hear more than ever before the Genesis message. Not the Genesis 3, that they're broken. They know that already. But the Genesis 1, that they're wanted, that they're created with the sacred image of God. In them, and there's something so powerful about it. And they need to have a conversation with the general from Yalta. And we'll be hearing more about that conversation that Danielle Strickland had and more about her book, The Zombie Gospel. We'll be right back with more on I Work For Him. 
Saturday afternoons at 5, join us for The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. So what we're seeing here is just an amazing explosion of new evidence and new analysis showing that it doesn't fit the Darwinian theory by any way, shape, or form. The Universe Next Door with Dr. Tom Woodward. Saturday afternoons at 5 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. This Christmas, give the gift of family by supporting Focus on the Family. Over the years, Focus has given you practical guidance for your marriage, parenting, spiritual growth, and Christian living. And now you can pass the blessings forward to younger families here in our town. God has given us the wonderful joy of strengthening families with tools to help them grow stronger and closer. Perhaps we've been able to do that for you and your family. Now you can help us continue this good work by sending your generous support here at the end of the year. Your generosity will provide resources that help Christians know God's design for marriage, parenting, and so much more. Thank you for giving the gift of family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. And thank you for partnering with us in giving the gift of family. Connect with Focus on the Family and give today at letstalkfaith.com. There was a tiny crack in the corner of Mike's glass, spreading like a spider. Ah! Across his windshield, he wasn't worried. His first thought was a new free windshield and cash on the spot. He called 813-96-GLASS, 813-96-GLASS. If it's chipped or cracked, we'll buy it back. We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass America. Up to $100 cash back with comprehensive insurance. Weekdays from 3 to 4 here on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. You hear the I Work For Him program with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Well, today we bring you a special encore presentation, a rebroadcast of today's program, I Work For Him with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. As we talk zombies today on I Work For Him, what is it about zombies that we can learn and apply to our lives and bring in the gospel into the workplace? Well, there's this book called The Zombie Gospel by Danielle Strickland. It's the walking dead and what it means to be human. It is so important as Christ followers, as we go into our workplaces each and every day, that we understand what is it that God intended for us to be human. We need to understand that we are his image, that we are reflecting his image wherever we go, and that we've got the opportunity because of the incredibleness of our bodies, intricacies, that they scream. This was done by a creator who loves us. And the zombie apocalypse gets people to be thinking about different kinds of things. And Danielle Strickland said, you know what? I'm going to reach a different generation with the gospel message using zombies. Danielle Strickland, this is a fun book. It's also very serious, but it's a fun book because you've really taken a, a cult classic. Well, one one day will be a cult classic. Right now, it's just a cult current. But <laughs> I mean, did you know, how old are your kids? Oh, they're little. Like, well, I've got a 15 year old and a eight year old and a five year old. All right, All boys. Do you have nieces yeah. and nephews that watch this? I mean, how did you even find out about it? Because I know you don't have time to watch TV. 
Yeah, you know what? It was um, it was really just mostly friends and the fact that the sheer numbers, like when I would see like the number one show, um, and I do like to, I try to stay current, you know, so that I, I, I like, you know, uh, some great hearts in the Christian faith say, you know, you should have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other, right? And that the, if this word does not make any sense to the culture in which we live, then we haven't communicated the word well. So I think in a sense, it's kind of up to, especially if you're, I, I'm a communicator, so I try to communicate the gospel in ways people can understand. So it's important. I think it's part of my job to stay up a little bit on what culture is doing and what it's saying and what we need to be communicating. So I think for me, it was more like a curiosity around like, what is making this such a popular show? Hmm. I love that. So the zombie gospel, if you want to get a copy, email me, Jim at iworkforhim.com. Jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. All right. So I want to ask you the last question about the book I want to ask before I get into something a little controversial. You had a conversation with a quote unquote general from Yalta. It was a guy that you were called to. You you were the only one they were willing to sacrifice. Everybody was really busy. They said, Danielle, you go meet with this guy. Yeah. But he helped you I understand actually, some things. Yeah, I mean, this is a fascinating guy because he, when he was 17 years old, he had been converted. The Salvation Army was in Russia like many other churches and then got kicked out by Stalin. And when the Salvation Army got kicked out and Stalin started cranking, you know, cr- cr- cracking down on all these religions because he hated God, he... Um, Vladimir was about 17 years old. He was in a in an outdoor meeting. He was playing the trumpet, and he got arrested, and he got sent to prison. And, and, and when I was with him, I spent two weeks because he had phoned sort of saying, look, I already have a Salvation Army working here, and we had come to start the Salvation Army. So we were like, what are you talking about? Like, we're here to do that. And he goes, no, it's already happening. Just send some uniforms, you know. Like, and, and so they sent me to kind of go investigate, like, who is this guy? He calls himself the general from Yalta. And so I took a translator with me, and I, I, I lived in his house for two, two weeks, this little house that he built with his wife, Anna, and he told me story after story after story every night, tears running down his cheeks, pictures, you know, of the time, telling me about the gulag and the time that he had spent and, like, the work camps that he had done and just, like, jail after jail about how God had miraculously shown up. As a matter of fact, he, he told me this story about this Bible miraculously showing up in this whole conversion of his, his entire jail. So it's about 58 guys, hardened criminals, and this, like, 17-year-old kid, and he got that was his first conversion story, and then he, because this Bible was so sacred to him, because he didn't know his Bible very well, he sewed it into the insides of his coat, and he told me how he would, like, go to the, he went to the gulag, but he'd have the Bible sewn into his clothes, and then years later, you know, when I got back from Russia, I read the conversion of Solzhenitsyn, and uh, as I read his conversion, he said, you know, I was in the gulag, and I was in this sick bay with this crazy man with the Bible sewn into his coat, and I remember reading the conversion going, oh, my gosh, I think that was Vladimir Mikhailovich. I think I know that guy. <laughs> anyway, he's just – I mean, this guy, it, he just literally changed my life because he was so vibrant. His relationship with his wife was so loving. He was so kind. He was so excited about the future. I mean, he was 78 years old when I met him, and he was vibrant with this idea that the gospel was for now and today, and that now they were free to share it, and they were doing marches along the boardwalk. And I just remember, like, being out. I was on this rowboat in the Black Sea, you know, just, like, rowing around thinking about how my life would forever change because I met this man whose values were so incredibly different that he made me feel small. He made me feel small because what I was aiming for was some sort of version of worldly success or what I, what I was aiming for was comfort or what I was aiming for was wealth. And actually what he was aiming for was the kingdom of God. And it just literally, it, it, it made me want to be, uh, it made me want to be like him. It made me want to be really human, the kind of human that Jesus said we should be. 
Mm. That, that What a great story that is. You know, what I love about the end of your book, as I got to the end, I'm just going to read it really quick. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't be entertained by The Walking Dead. I'm simply offering a possibility that the show might be a way for you to have a deeper conversation with others about what really matters in life. In a sense, it's an invitation to prepare yourself for the realities of a harsh and broken world. But it's also much more than that. Rather than thinking of this book as simply a survivor's guide, think of it as a thriver's guide. Remember, the end of the story is that a new humanity is possible. If you're willing to lose your life, you could find a better one. You no longer need to be afraid. With God's help, it's possible to find your courage, lose your fear, choose a peaceful path, and change your mind. You are part of the plan to save the human race. Finish that up. I mean, that, that's good stuff. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal stuff. It's so beautiful. And I mean, which is in essence what we believe the gospel is, right? I mean, this is what Jesus has done. He's invited us to partner with him in saving the, the human race. I mean, this is the great apocalypse. We're living in this time. It's beautiful. And we as Christ followers are part of God's rescue plan. And we need Absolutely. and we need to see that and to use every tool possible, just like you did, taking The Walking Dead and writing a really neat book that will help so many people just understand the gospel in the true light that it is. I mean, we get so. Yeah, the, we get caught cool. up. Yes, we, and we get caught up in religion. Yes. Well, and we also we get afraid of the dark, which is bizarre because we're the light of the world. So, you know, lots of people get scared of the dark and they're like, it's so dark. It's so dark. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm like, you don't have to be afraid. You're the light of the world. Like shine the light on the darkness. Don't hide from it. We don't have to be scared of the dark. And some people watch zombie shows and that's why they're afraid of the dark. So <laughs> just like you said, you didn't want your kids to watch that stuff. Uh, but it is true. I, I think when we watch all that fake darkness stuff that's on TV, it, it gives us the impression that our light and the power behind us is less than what the darkness has. Yet we have far more power at our accessibility because of our Heavenly Father. And, and we yeah, don't... I think here's the idea, too, is that we, because we, we close ourselves off, we are not open to the conversation. So, like, when my son gets old enough to watch The Walking Dead, I won't mind him to watch it. But what I would like more than him watching it is I'd like to have a conversation with him about what it's saying. And that's where I think what happens is when we don't critique the culture, we get bamboozled by it. So we're critiquing, you know, how many swear words or do people get killed or, you know, like we're, we're, we're critiquing it on a surface level. But what is the deep call of the like, what's it saying? And do you think that's true? And is that something that resonates with us as Christians and how? And that's where we start critiquing culture in such a way that we have gospel lenses on. We can we can make the gospel make some sense. Well, and as you know, you've been gifted. You've been so gifted as a speaker and as a writer and really as a mentor as you're going out and reaching. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.